Welcome to In Our Mom's Basement Video Game Podcast, where we talk about everything video games with your host, Dan Geofway and Rage Quit Pat. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to In Our Mom's Basement Podcast. This is episode 60. Yes, the big six zero. I am your host, Rage Quit Pat. I'm joined by, of course, my co-host, Dan the Pizza Man, the lover of many pizzas. Um, you can listen to this podcast on, if you go to innermomsbasement.com, it has all of the podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, and many, many more. And today is a very special episode here on Inner Mom's Basement. We are welcoming a guest today, uh, Steve-O from the Gutter Nerds, who has been streaming for seven years, podcasting for nine. He runs the Gutter Nerds Twitch and YouTube channels. Uh, where he riffs jokes and improvises songs during games. Also, I'm going to throw in there, he does great sound effects. Uh, in his day job, he provides closed captions for live television. Steve-O, welcome to the Man Cave. How are you? Thanks, Rage Quit. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. You said I was special, but you tell that to all the guests, don't you? <laughs> uh, we... <laughs> don't lie to me, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, we have introduced every single guest as a special guest, so I'm sorry. But you know what? They are all very special. I've 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 listened to uh, like Jamie Lynn's and Locks, uh, and it's just fantastic. Like fantastic personalities I, that you consider me to be as special among them. I appreciate. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And again, we appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, you know, of course, uh, chat. If you guys have any questions for Stevo, um, feel free to ask them in the chat, and we will. Uh, asked them and uh, let's kick it off uh dan um first question for our esteemed guest here so, so real quick uh gutter it, it, what makes you a little bit more special is you help us with graphics yeah so. <laughs> yeah. yeah i i do put together the the, the real the real shitty face uh <laughs> photoshops for you guys in patented steve-o fashion yes uh, so, I, will okay. tell, I will tell you, I put in way more effort into y'all than I do mine. <laughs> like, I just like, I take my face and I slide it over. And uh, whenever Pat sends something to me, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put in some effort on this one. Let's see if we can't blend this a little bit or something. I do think they look beautiful, though. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you you, you yeah. made our rage quit look better in a few pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, Dan didn't appreciate the... Uh... The, the Rainbow Six one at first because I sent them the one of him smiling. He was like, oh, could you use a better pitch? I'm like, no, I think that one looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I used to do that with our crew, I would try to actively find the worst picture of their face I could find where they're like <laughs> screaming or doing something or, you know, drooling on themselves or whatever. And uh, they they asked me to st please stop doing that. So. <laughs> I get you. All right, so kick it, kicking off the podcast, uh, you know, we like to run down a few questions, get to know you a little bit more about you and your streams. Uh, so to start, uh, you know, when did you start? Uh, when when did you start gaming? When did you start really getting into gaming? And you know, how long have you been streaming? We know you've been streaming for quite a few years, but you know, where did it start? Sure, uh, I started gaming when I was six. So the NES. The, the Nintendo Entertainment System had released right about when I was like five or six. And my uh, I, I played it at a cousin's house and my mom told my grandparents, she said, I swear to God, if you get him a Nintendo, we're never coming back. I don't want him playing video games because he'll never stop. And they did it anyway, and I never stopped. So for the last 30 years, 31 years, I've been a gamer. Um, and I've, yeah, every console, practically every console that's come out, uh, with some exceptions, I've acquired in some form or fashion. And then uh, we started streaming in 2013, I think it was, because we were doing a, we started off with a webcomic. We had a webcomic called Angry Cuddles back then. And the webcomic also became a podcast and then we decided we wanted to take the podcast live so i'm one of the one of the few people i think that did not start out as a viewer i had never watched any twitch streams before streaming myself so i had no idea what i was doing or what one should look like or anything like that and so we we just took our podcast and did it live for zero people for a while and then they started filtering it um how did the um tell us about the gutter nerds you know how did the gutter nerds all start um, I know you do have quite a few people uh, that are part of the Gutter Nerd. So how did that all come about? 
So uh, back to the, the Angry Cuddles thing, we had we had launched the Twitch channel and we were making web comics, doing podcasts, Twitch streaming all under that name. Um, there is a, a company called Rovio and Rovio owns a franchise called Angry Birds. You've probably heard of Angry Birds. So uh, we had filed for a trademark. We thought, you know what, let's go ahead and trademark our name um, because we want some protection going forward. We want to have merch, all that stuff. So uh, Rovio filed opposition to our trademark. And so they said, would you, you know, we don't like the fact that you have angry in your name. We have angry in our name, even though we're two completely different things. So would you withdraw your trademark? I told them, like literally told them to fuck themselves. And so <laughs> they, uh, they said that they were uh, going to go forward with the opposition. And so I hired a lawyer. And the lawyer talked to their lawyer, and they were like, yeah, you could fight this if you want, and you'd probably win, but it's going to cost you a lot of money to fight it. They're a very Jesus. big company. So you could just change your name, because even if you withdrew your trademark at this point, you've pissed them off, so they may actually come after you at some point for your name. And uh, it's, you know, it's a story of, you know, giant corporation pushing around the little guy. So we decided to rebrand. Uh, and we, uh, I just, it was me and the podcast members at the time, we rebranded to Gutter Nerds. At the time, you could not change your Twitch name, so we had to start over, like from zero followers on a new channel. And um, so we brought, we brought the people with us, and we've had a rotating cast of multiplayer and people that sit and chat with us ever since. That's awesome. Uh, I want to go back to the, you know, the previous question that Dan asked about, um, you know, when you started gaming, what were some of your favorite games on the SNES? Because, you know, back then, you know, a lot of, a lot of great games. What was kind of one that you really, um, you know, enjoyed playing? So like the, the first console that I had was the NES and the ones that I played a ton of on that were just Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Snake Rattle and Roll, which is a rare property and it's a crazy weird, like, Fever Dream psychedelic platforming game. Um, like things like Batman, Godzilla, anything that caught my eye as like an eight-year-old, you know, things that like eight-year-olds in the 80s would like. And um, and then on I followed through with Super NES. That was the the system that I I did eventually get like a Sega Genesis and stuff, but Nintendo was sort of where I was at for a really long time. And <clears throat> on Super NES, I think it was like Mario Kart was probably 80% of what we would play. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh, again, Mario. It was, it was, I probably played Mario more than anything. Which is not... Uh, it's a boring answer, but that's the truth. I know you're a Star Wars fan. Did you ever play the Super Star Wars games? Uh, yeah, I did. And and I am. Uh, and actually, you, you joined me, Rage Quit, on some Battlefront 2 during Star Wars uh, sessions. Yeah, um, I wish... You know, <laughs> it was I, I, fun! I, I know. I, it, the game got better. Um, I could imagine, though, if we actually played the, the really good one on PlayStation 2, that would have been... Uh, no. Surprisingly, oh, Ray's quit bitched a lot about that game. <laughs> Battlefront 2? Yeah. yeah. So the story goes, I sent Dan, the, me and him game share on Xbox. Yeah. So I sent him the reviews of the game. I'm like, dude, I don't think we should get this game. Dan's like, don't listen to reviews, man. Judge it for yourself. So... I decided to listen to him, even though at one point he bought Homefront Revolution. I should have thought about that. Um, so I was like, oh, Dan. Man. So I ended, up buying, I ended up buying the $80 Battlefront edition that came with. Oh, like, so you the, went all out. I went all out. And me and him start playing. And obviously, you know, the whole Battlefront 2 scenario. Everybody yeah. was paid to win. And me and him are getting destroyed by all these people. And I'm like, dude, this is I, I I can't believe I spent eighty dollars on this freaking game. I paid, but I'm not winning. What the hell? Yeah, but no, then you it played was... it many many years later, so you know you're getting your money was worth now. I, I that guess is a so. good. I mean, that's the one of the things, and we all you know we complain about games being released incomplete. I know I'm on a tangent now, but the uh, the thing that I like is that any game can be redeemed. You know, No Man's Sky was a absolute oh, yeah. joke when it launched. And now it's a legit game. Oh, dude, I have uh, so much fun in that game now. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the games now, n not just tweaks, games now are different 
from what they were when they when they launched in in some cases and it's amazing but yeah, oh, to answer your question uh super, super star wars yeah i did uh i did play that game i beat it though for the first time in january of this year oh my goodness um, because it was it's god that game is hard I dude i know i put in i remember when i was a kid i mean the rage quit was a little bit heavier when i was a kid so <laughs> you know let's just say things happened Nothing broke, but I think as a kid, I think I think we were all pretty much ragers when we were kids. I know I got pissed off at a few games. I've never broken a controller. I wait. <laughs> I've never broken a controller. Really? Yeah, I've. Oh, wow. I've wanted a, to a headset. No headsets on oh, TV. I don't think I've broken. <laughs> so I've I've I have I've never broken a TV. Uh, on purpose, I've broken a TV oh, on accident. Were you playing the Wii? We, <laughs> oh, I remember. I was working at GameStop when the Wii came out, and I remember we used to joke because people would come in and go, "Like, yeah, my my Wii remote slipped out of my hand and uh, hit my you know flat screen LCD." And at the time, they were the that screen was not like covered; it's pretty flimsy. It's just like a big computer monitor. And they said, yeah, I, I broke my TV. And we'd be like, but that Wii remote's still intact, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, nothing will break this Wii remote. <laughs> but the TV broke. You're our, uh, you're our second guest that is a GameStop alumni. Dan and I are also GameStop alumni as well. Oh, you guys worked for the Crooked G2. <laughs> oh, I, I worked there for four years of my life. And Where, uh, where did you ascend to? Was it all like, did you, did you grow in the company? Did you just... Spend your time as a customer service associate or a game advisor? Yeah, I became a senior game advisor. So I was a part time. So I got my keys, and the keys were just to unlock the door. Um, But yeah, you know, I, um, at that time, you know, when back then, I mean, it was just all about the games. Now, obviously, GameStop's a freaking wreck, but, you know, it was all about the games. So um, I learned there, you know, I learned about all the ins and outs of, uh, you know, GameStop and everything, but you know, I don't regret it. A lot of my, I met Dan through GameStop. A lot of the friends I have that I'm really good friends with, I met through GameStop. So, actually, same. Like, and and there's something about going through that trauma together. I think that brings people together because the yeah. the <laughs> at, so at the time, uh, the company was was hugely profitable at the time, and now they're closing stores left and right, but. And because they were so profitable and so um, popular, uh, they didn't really care about turnover because, like, everybody wants to work for a video game company and they'll do it for zero dollars an hour. So they could just turn you over, and and we and we felt that where we were, but we made a ton of friends. And you know, like you said, did you guys have game checkouts when you were working there? Oh yeah, yes. Oh yeah, it. just a, oh, the best we abused part. that. Yeah. Um, chances are, if I gave someone the copy off the wall, I played it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I know Pat misses organizing that wall. Yeah, there's the something. Worst. There's something real uh, zen about alphabetizing a GameStop game wall. <laughs> I fucking yeah. hated it. I don't know. I do it. Yeah, the PS2 wall was the greatest one. <laughs> did 50 Cent Blood in the Sand? Did that go in five or did that go in F? Oh my god. Couldn't fucking take it, but I'm out of there, thank God. <laughs> hey, you survived it. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so mo- moving on to the next question here. Uh so you have a um a, mon- a morning drive time show. Uh you know, how what is that about? What is what's going on with that? You know, how's the, how's so, that been going? Uh I it was it's a it was a test and it's still technically a test. We're still technically in beta. Um but the 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 show came about because we did a podcast every Monday night live, and we had uh, four people in the studio. Nerdez would produce. Nerdez is my wife. She would produce the show from the uh, like she would run the scenes and run cams and everything like that. We had like a three camera setup. All all this crazy crap. When COVID hit, we were like, oh, I guess we're not having people over to the house ever again. So we we put the podcast on hiatus, which is still technically on hiatus. But I still wanted to do some sort of talkie show kind of thing. And my buddy Mark was who I've known for 30 years, um, who's been supporting the stream since we started and helped build the studio and everything. He he said, hey, you know, I've we always thought about doing a radio show when we were a kid. Would you ever want to do something like that? And I was like, 
I mean, we can do something like that right now. We, I have a Twitch channel. We can do a radio. We can do like a radio show in the morning that, you know, it's just basically it's just chatting. And so it started with that. And then he, because his mornings are uh, sort of vary, I ended up periodically reaching out to people. And so it's become sometimes I do interviews now. And uh, we had Loch Ness on this morning. Um, I've interviewed uh, Rain, who's a Twitch streamer and, and works has worked in 2D, 3D conversion for Hollywood. Um, we've had other podcasters on to talk about what they do. And it's it ends up being like a really cool way for me to do something new and unique during the week. So I really like it. And uh, but it, it's it's still technically a test. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to become. Right now, it's more like a, hey, people are getting up and going to work, and there's not a lot of streamers that are, I mean, there's always streamers on Twitch, but like, especially North America, at 8 a.m. on a Thursday morning, there's not a whole lot of people on and gaming, so we have let people tune in and just listen while we chat. Do you um, plan on bringing the podcast back, or, um, you know, what's going on with that? I know you said it's on a hiatus, and I do remember um, joining it one time when you were doing that, uh, the Star Wars Shark Tank. Um, oh yeah, that was our yeah. one of our first interactions with you. I think. Yeah, it was. Was we we had people pitching their Star Wars game ideas. I don't know that it'll it'll come back or if it'll come back in a different form or fashion because I really loved doing it and the people that I worked with are f- incredibly talented people. Um, and Nerdez is an amazing producer. But at the same time, for me, I realized that when we stopped doing it, I realized how much less stress it was because was so much fun and I loved doing it, but it was an incredible and an insane amount of work and production that we would put into it. And it was, it was doing fine, but it wasn't growing. And so it just sort of became this big stress ball. Um, so we'll see, I, I, you know, I, maybe we'll take the year off and reevaluate, but as of right now, like being able to game and do, if we do talk shows, having them not produced and just being just like basically a just chatting stream really is 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 giving me life and not stressing me out so you're on the inner mom's basement shark tank now so pitch dan and i your star wars game (laughs) oh yes i would love to hear this okay hello sharks i am looking for ten thousand dollars for ten percent equity stake in my star wars game uh this star wars game follows in the vein of knights of the old republic but is more action than rpg it is a co-op game, and it is a story-driven co-op game where you are a survivor from the fallen Jedi Temple between episodes three and episodes four. You are uh, one of the younglings that survived, and you are searching for a master to complete your training. And the co-op works by you both making decisions in the world as you're playing and talking to people, and the more decisions you make that are opposite to each other, the more separated you become. Ideally, there are two endings to the game, one where you work together to defeat the big bad if you have made a lot of decisions in cooperation, and the other one being where the final boss of the game is each other if you have split too far apart. I like it. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to make you an offer. I like that idea. I think the action part's pretty cool, but I like to add a little bit of RPG elements. I want to add some uh, choices and... Um, you know, some leveling up things as well. I think that would make the game a little bit better as well. I'm going to give you actually 50000 but I'd like 20% because, you know, I know what I can do in this business. I play a lot of Western RPGs. And uh, Star Wars KOTOR is actually one of my favorite games. So I think we would do well. I think we'd do a great job. <laughs> I think that's an insanely enticing offer, and that equity is astounding. So, uh, Dan, do you have uh, a counter... <laughs> Can I have a Baby Yoda? <laughs> ba- baby Yoda has to be in it. Like, there's, there's no question. We have. I will we keep have the game. Baby Yoda's in our house right now. I'll keep the game the same, but I will match the fifty thousand. So how much, I, how much percent? That's uh, we'll do twenty-five. Oh. Okay, mm. I think. I think I'm going to go with Rage because I think that he mentioned, you know, the RPG elements and Bioware, and I think that that style of action RPG combo will will 
will go well. So I'm going with rage. All right, let's make it happen. You know what? Uh, we're doing this again. We're doing this again, and I'm I'm coming more prepared. Camera handshake. <laughs> Camera handshake. Camera handshake. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another question we had, Steve. Oh, you know, you're the I don't you know I mean the, you know, you're the first mixer streamer, uh, that's you know been on our show, um, since it's since since it's been given to Facebook, um, and I say given because, it was given. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, it was handed over uh, on a silver platter. You know, tell us about your time there, um, and you know, was it how was the transition uh, since being back to Twitch? Because I know you were on Twitch before um, mm-hmm. you went to Mixer. So, how was your time on Mixer, and then how was the transition back? Yeah, so we were on Mixer for nine months total. Um, when it's funny because I remember we went to PAX South once as a as a group, and my wife Nerdez uh, said we saw the Mixer booth, and Twitch didn't have a booth at PAX South, but Mixer did. And she goes, what's Mixer? Like, oh, it's another streaming platform, kind of like Twitch. She goes, do you want to check it out? And I, at the time, I went, no, why would I, why would I have anything to do with Mixer? <laughs> and just like, I was just like a total ass. And so like fast forward a few months later, Locke had moved to Mixer and Nerdist came back and she goes, hey, you know, I know you've been, I had been sort of struggling with what I wanted to do with the stream and, and our growth had sort of risen throughout 17, 2017 and 2018 and then 19 just sort of plateaued. And I didn't like the whole year didn't like move at all. I was feeling really down. And she said, you should, you know, take, take a cue from Locke and go check out Mixer. See if, if you want to, you know, what you can learn over there, if you can build something over there and create your own space. And so that's what we started doing. And I really loved it and met all of you guys through, through the Mixer way. So I, in no way, shape or form do I regret it at all. I learned a ton um, and then, like the week before uh, they they shut down, um, and we we took our stream offline because of the social issues that they were dealing with that we wanted to be supportive of. Yeah. And then they and then they just went, "Fuck it, we're not coming back." And so we, to me, it was just like, "Oh, okay, I guess we'll just go back home then." So it was it was terribly um, undramatic for me because i was just like oh okay well let's just take what we learned with mixer and now we're all gonna basically be on the same platform anyway so i'd have to split my time between mixer and twitch anymore and it, it ended up working out really well i know for a lot of other people it was terribly traumatic and 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 you know a lot of them are still going through a lot of questions having to switch over for us it's been just like okay we'll just pick up where we left off uh you didn't consider facebook gaming at all <laughs> not for one single second <laughs> And no. now watch me fast forward like two years down the road <laughs> and I'm like, man, Facebook's great or something. You know, I don't know. Now, no, is, I, there, is there any features from Mixer that you wish would, you know, come to Twitch? So I was thinking about that. The Some of the things that I thought I was going to miss, I have ended up not really missing much. So like FTL, I don't miss so much because the... We probably, for the most part, have a three to four second delay on Twitch. So, and especially if I'm gaming and I'm getting to chat a few moments late anyway, it ended up not really mattering. Mixed play, I thought I was going to miss. And to a certain extent, I do because there was a lot of interact- interactivity you could do with mixed play. During Star Wars month, we had like the ATATs, like you could summon X Wings and shit, like on screen. Uh, I can't do that on Twitch, so I kind of missed that. Uh, the analytics are better on Twitch. Co-streaming I miss because that was a lot of fun being able to do, you know, side-by-side streams with people. I think probably co-streaming is the the main thing. Um sparks a little bit, but I think yeah, I think probably just that's the the number one thing I think is the is the that co-op streaming thing. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite features as well from Mixer. Is there something that you guys that stood out to you guys like when you came back? Like, know, oh, I think I uh, as Pat Pat and I, we both run this channel together. And what we used to do is we used to do co-streams. You know, he would log into his Mixer, I would log into the main one, and we would co-stream. You know, it, it would be an easier way to uh, do videos for recording and just bring more mm-hmm. people to the screen. It, it was a good thing. You know, we liked that. And then, obviously, man, we met a lot of great people on Mixer. The community was awesome. Uh, oh so yeah, I, think I, I miss the community the most because you know, Twitch is a little toxic. It's a little toxic. It's it it can get it's sort of like controlling a wildfire. 
Yeah, with with Mixer because the um, uh, the mod team and the community leaders in Mixer were so on the ball about it. Uh, I didn't never really never worried about it with Twitch. I I've gotten so fast. I mentioned this earlier today. Actually, I've gotten so fast at banning people. Like if if someone new comes in and I just like I see where this is going, even if they've not done anything wrong yet, you get a sixth sense of like they're building to something stupid, and I don't even want to don't even want to mess with it. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off what Dan said, um, <clears throat> it was cool and it was a lot easier for like Dan and I if we wanted to play like a co-op game. You know, we could just co-stream uh, rather than like now. Uh, there's sometimes there's games that Dan and I play. He'll have to we'll have to kind of do it through Discord, and he'll just right. put me like on cam. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and then yeah, as he said, like meeting um, everyone um, on there, like you guys, we met you know a lot of great people on Mixer. Um, I personally didn't enjoy streaming on the platform um you know but you you missed you mentioned a couple times that you missed twitch and you actually went back like right before right yeah you know i i i tried to have hope for mixer you know i can't speak for dan how he felt about it but i mean i'll let him you know say it say you know how he feels but you know like i said i tried to have hope because when i saw your streams and I saw that you were doing retro and you were doing like variety streaming and like other partners I saw doing variety streaming. I tried to have some hope like, oh, wow, you know, there's a partner actually doing variety streaming because the majority of the mm-hmm. time when I saw like partner and I'm not knocking any of them, but I just don't enjoy watching Fortnite. I don't really enjoy watching Battle Royales or anything like that. I'm an know variety streamer myself, so I like to see a little bit of variety rather than the same old BR and stuff like that. So I tried to have hope with that, but I just felt like the content we were creating, I just felt it was a better fit on Twitch, like with podcasting and with variety streaming. I just felt that Mixer was missing out on a lot of great content creators who were variety streamers. And then, you know, like I said, like you and like other variety streamers that I've met, I felt like Mixer was kind of dropping the ball with them. Yeah, and that makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. And like, I don't know how, you know, um, before uh, we jump to Dan, uh, we're just going to take a quick break uh, for our sponsor. Are you looking to start a podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. They offer a lot of great services, such as their creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast in one place. Did I forget to mention that it's free? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, we're back. All right, uh, Dan, um, did you want to kind of say like how you felt, you know, when I, you know, messaged you and I said, hey, maybe we should go back to Twitch? You know, uh, I had really big hopes for Mixer, man. You know, I thought they could have done something great with the platform if they went the right way. They were bringing in great features that I really liked. I really liked the the interactive that you can actually play games with streamers just from that little, you know, little soundboard area. Yep. I thought that was great. And I thought they were going in the right direction. They just couldn't really deliver it at the end, you know. Even though you bring in Ninja, you know, Ninja's one of the biggest streamers, but not even he could, not even he could save it. Yeah, and, and I don't know how much, you know, I, I'm not a business major and I'm not an econ major or anything like that. So just, you know, take, take my thought here with a grain of salt. I'm not a professional, but I do wonder about um, if, because it looked like they were investing in their platform at first. And when we, when we came over uh, to Mixer was about the time that, right about the end of it, where they had stopped investing in their platform. And they were bringing over names, uh, you know, like you said, like Ninja and was uh, Shroud. Was Shroud True. one of them? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, okay. So now they've invested in their platform and they're bringing over big names. So we'll come. This is a good time to come over and try. And we did, and it and it started out started out great. But a part of me wonders now if after that initial like investment, if the if they just brought over the big names for the express purpose of like six months from now, we're just going to sell it. And so we want to, you know, uh, inflate, I guess, the the value of our platform by having these big names on it. And that was the easiest and quickest way to do it. 
as opposed to actually trying to build something and and retain an audience. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I agree with that completely. And I don't know, it, it, it's it's weird, but you know, even even though it came to an end like that, I mean, it, it pretty much did come out of nowhere though. But uh, and a lot of people lost their partnerships. I mean, sure, yeah, you know, go Facebook offer their their partnerships and everything. You know, Twitch was allowing people back in. So I mean, at least that was good. But I I, I don't think anyone actually did buy a mixer, did they? I mean, I, I joke and say that Mixer pretty much gave themselves to Facebook. Like Phil Spencer pretty much called up Mark Zuckerberg like, hey, take this shit. I I, so I, th- I, I I thought that they had gotten some. I mean, I, I guess I just assumed that they had had gotten some sort of financial compensation like I, that Facebook had given them something for it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, as Dan said, um, you know, and if, if we said we met a lot of great people on there that were now, uh, you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, I thought I, when Dan and I first started streaming there, I felt that we could have made some noise. But, you know, I just think that um, the platform also has to support on their end. I know most streamers, if you ask them for advice, it's like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. But the platform helps too. You know, if they're, yep. you know, like I said, the partner spotlight. When I saw someone not streaming at Battle Royale, I went to their streams. That's how I met Locke. That's how I met, um, and obviously I met you through Locke and, jamie and stuff like that and other streamers so you know it was like a breath of fresh air um so what have you been streaming now so tell us about um you know some of your streams on fridays you do uh the gaming riffs um yeah also post on youtube as well which are pretty hysterical retro your saturday morning retro how do you choose your retro games and you know uh i play whatever you say you're about to play if you (laughs) when you you mentioned parasite eve and fear effect, and I was like, "Shit, that's a good idea. I'll just take Rage Quiz idea. That's the, <laughs> that's the way to do it." Uh, no, but I for I, I the best way to describe the stream, I guess, is that we're a variety stream. There, I'm trying to create a through line. I'm trying to create that so that idea of a game riff, right? And, and anybody that's familiar with a TV show called Mystery Science Theater 3000 um, will will be familiar with the style of where they would watch a bad movie do a more a more scripted refined like i'll write out the jokes and be thoughtful and do that kind of thing for it so it's a much more uh, produced kind of thing and then the game riffs that we do live on fridays so everything we do on during the the midday during the week right now which is fridays is uh story driven games right now it's ghost of tsushima and so we play through the story of the game and we sort of joke around and sing and you mentioned the sound effects we have different buttons where like i'll verbally make the sound effects for i will mute literally mute the game and just go like shing ting 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 or just you know whatever dumb bullshit comes to my head and it's saturday specific is like saturday morning retro i wanted to evoke that like saturday morning cartoon kind of uh, or banjo kazooie banjo tooie and then i did some of the stuff on like super nes and nes with the nes classic and things like that and then, uh, but uh, to be fair, though, it, it was, I think, Rage, I think you did mention that you had bought Parasite Eve or were considering streaming Parasite Eve. And oh, then a couple I, people I, in chat were like, oh, yeah, 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 that's a great game. And I'd never played it. So that's where that came from. Oh, I was, uh, no, I was looking to buy it, but it's going for like 60 bucks right now. So I have like a budget when it comes to like retro games. Uh, my budget's like, if I'm spending $60, I'm at least getting like maybe two or three games, not, you know, 60 you know, it's crazy. Like one 12 hour experience. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a good game. I really uh, liked Parasite Eve. I remember playing it as a kid. Um, and it was actually cool to, to watch you play it because I completely forgot how the game, I know, I know it was kind of like a turn-based um, combat, but I completely forgot like how it worked, but it was definitely an underrated game by Square. And I really wish they would kind of go back to survival horror because it actually was a really good game. I, I, this is my first time I tried playing it when it came out for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I was too young and dumb to get what I was supposed to be doing. And now though, as, as an adult, I playing it and going like, Oh, this is a, this is a pretty unique experience. And I've, it's, (laughs) I spent three and a half hours on the final boss last Saturday and still couldn't finish it in two parasite of two. It's rough. It's a it's yeah. a hard it's a hard game. Yeah, it's uh it was a very difficult game for when I remember. I never finished it. I mean, 
a lot of the games again back then when we us three were kids were just not for the faint of heart. Now oh, everyone no. everyone has checkpoints, auto save. So you know we lucked out as adults. Well, even with some some of the older games that I'll play, like uh, let's see, when I played last uh, October before last, I played Super Ghosts and Goblins on Super NES. Oh, and God. I did the I did the double playthrough to get like the true ending, but mm-hmm. the only reason I was able to do that is because of save state, and so I just cheesed the shit out of the game so that I could uh, I could finish it. Um, but with with retro games, most of it, a lot of it comes from uh, suggestion. So someone will go, "Hey, have you ever played you know Spyro?" Oh, that was that's one thing that we do sometimes. Uh, if if there's a remake of a game. I will do a, uh, what's called a comparison retro stream. And so we'll do like a level in the original game and then do the exact same level in the remake so that you can see the differences. So we, we started it with Conquer. We did the N64 version and I would you know play for an hour, hour and a half and then go back and do the exact same hour and a half on the X remake. Just so like, oh, little things they can change. Yeah, no, I, um, sorry, something for a second my thing just kind of messed up sorry about that um without spoiling anything how is the ending for Shenmue 3 because I haven't finished it yet (laughs) without spoiling anything specific I am I had a ton of fun of Shenmue in Shenmue 3 and and it was exactly the game that I wanted it to be except that I thought after 20 years and a you know multi-million dollar kickstarter Perhaps you should finish your story. And Yu Suzuki does not agree with me. And he was like, no, I told you Shenmue's going to be 17 fucking games. So you're going to play 17 fucking Shenmue's. Oh, and I'll, <laughs> of, of course, Suzuki Sensei, I'm so sorry. Hopefully the fourth one doesn't take 13 years to come out. Hopefully it's oh. just a couple of years. My greatest fear is that I'm going to die before seeing the end of Rio's journey. <laughs> like that's, that's what I want from life. I married, I married the love of my life in January or in December. And so now the only thing I have left to live for is the ending of the Shenmu series. So like yeah. finally gets it. revenge on Landy, you and me both. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I remember when Shenmu two came out for the original Xbox, I was so amped. I'm like, Oh my God. Yep. And then I was like, when's Shenmu three? And, 13 years later, it's finally here. And again, I, I saw the ending, actually. I, it got spoiled for me on YouTube. Um, God, hopefully the fourth game is, like, funded and it's good to go. It, I think at this point, though, now... It, so after after all that time, when Shenmue 3 comes back, you want it to still have, like, the, the bones of Shenmue, like the, the DNA there, and then maybe do some new things. And it definitely had the bones of Shinmu there. Like the voice acting was, you know, exactly as cheesy as, as you remembered it being. But now I think at this point, I don't know, bring in a, bring in a, a, a another company like, like blue hole or somebody that does really good ports and have them work on like updating and upgrading your game. Because now I think if you release Shinmu four with that same style, I think it's going to get real stale because it's a very yeah. slow-paced game. Talking. What would you say is one of your favorite uh, game series? Metal Gear Solid and Resident Evil are the two like tent poles. I think of like where I, as a gamer, that like formed the kind of games that I love. Stealth and survival horror are like my my jam. Um, so. Metal Gear Solid and especially like the Twin Snakes remake that they did for GameCube with Silicon Knights is super good. I love it. I'm I want to do like this a full Metal Gear like plot line playthrough on stream one day. Uh, same with same with Resident Evil. It's just so wacky and goofy. Um, and Resident Evil Seven was probably the scariest game I've ever played in my life. I think I think Resident Evil Seven is the scariest game like for me. Period, bar none. And I've I've played Outlast. I've played, you know, uh, Last of Us, and and so those two really stick up there. They're real cinematic, and I was a film student, so anything that like really leans heavily into like that cinematic flair, I'm gonna love. Yeah, and the new one comes out now this year. I mean, not not this year. I'm sorry, next year. Uh, Resident Evil Village, which looks uh, really exciting. I can't wait for for that yes. one. Very much looking forward to it. I love that they went first person with seven. And don't get me wrong, the remakes of 2 and 3 were fantastic. Like, they were very well done. 
Um, even even three, I, I think three was very well done. But seven was that that first person is so uh, immersive and gritty. And the only thing different about seven from like a classic like Resident Evil one, like the original Resident Evil game, was the camera. It still had that same you know. Uh, exploration solving puzzles gathering keys doing stuff in the house it was a very resident evil game just with a with a new camera and a new skin and it was so good so i'm extremely looking forward to village yeah i was a little skeptical on at first when they did the uh first person i was like oh no it's going to be another like outlast because i do right i i do enjoy those games but to me they're okay like outlast amnesia like they're not bad, but I get tired of the running back and forth and having to hide. Like I want to, you know, fight back. But you know, right, Resident, yeah. Resident Evil Seven uh, blew me away about you know how good it was and everything like that. And I, you know, Resident Evil Two Remake is top my top five favorite and, games and it, of all. It builds too because, like, like you said, in, in Outlast, the game is the game is scary and the game is stressful. But it's not. It ended up not being fun. It was. It was an experience that I'm glad that I had. But I would never go play it again. But I would totally go back and play Resident Evil Seven again, because you you know you start off with nothing, and yeah. so you do have to do the Heidi Heidi runny you know slink around kind of bit. But then you get your pistol, and then you get your shotgun, and then it builds up to the point where you're like, okay, now I can shoot some fuckers, you know. Yeah, and especially that scene when the your wife freaking spoiler alert if no one's played it, uh, chainsaws your freaking hand off. Oh jeez. Oh yeah, the, the beginning of the game. Oh god, Nerdez. I played it with Nerdez, and I love playing horror games with my wife. And to the point, she actually she played through Resident Evil Three straight up yes. by herself. Like I remember that. Yes. Yeah, and she's so funny. It is the the greatest reactions. Like straight up screams. We had a doggo cam where. When we'd get too scared, we'd just put the camera on the doggos for a little bit and like calm down. <laughs> and it, yeah, just a just a ton. I did a super cut of all the times we jumped in Resident Evil Seven, and there's like it, it's on our YouTube channel. There's like 35 different moments where we came out of our chair. It's just yeah, we both had. A, I know Dan had a couple jump scares. It's on. We have a vod of him getting creeped out and <laughs> oh damn I deleted it <laughs> oh that VOD's there what <laughs> leave it Dan yeah that game scares the out of me though <laughs> it's good uh, so this is a question we like to ask all our podcast guests and uh, your friends with Loch Ness so we need an answer from you as well uh, does pineapple go on pizza yeah it absolutely does there, oh, there is one of God. my go to's and is <laughs> what is it rage what is it buddy come on man You're f- look come on man there's no have way have you ever have you ever had a domino's hawaiian pizza with the, the just, canadian bacon and the pineapple have you ever prefaced it have you ever prefaced it though with like two margaritas no i've never had a thought in my mind to ever put pineapple on my pizza oh it's so <laughs> good buddy no it's it's like it's like it's like it feels like I'm on the beach. Like, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm on vacation when I get a, a, a Hawaiian pizza. Man, Steve, I thought you were going to say no, man. I thought you loved barbecue. Kind of like, you know, you're from down south. I thought it was like barbecue He's... food, you know, and like good pizza. Look, man, you were... Pat, these are the questions you're supposed to be asking before we invite them as guests, okay? I know, but what you know, did we, what did Locke say? What did Locke say? She loves. She said yes as well. Yeah. Well, you guys, you know, you know, you guys are friends, and unfortunately, you guys haven't made the best decisions. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So there's been some questionable decisions. That's true. Yeah, but no, not a, not a. I mean, I've known, I've known. Besides, you have known friends that have ordered. Yeah, the Hawaiian pizza, but nope, not a thought. And then and. The pizza man, pizza man. What else are your thoughts here? You're the pizza man, so yeah, yeah. Danny, you, you, you're the expert. I kind of just want to leave this Discord right now and walk away <laughs> because of me. <laughs> but because I'm streaming, I'm trying to stay civil right now. Oh, <laughs> I can't yell at the guest in his face, so I guess I'll just be quiet. Maybe if we meet at like a con or something, you know, we'll have a. Uh, We'll have it to this, you know, a little bit of a better discussion. Like, hey, man, maybe you need to uh, just take the pineapple off a little bit. 
Look, I, I will tell you that pepperoni. I, oh, I, it's my favorite. It's just straight up pepperoni pizza. Like that's where the you know, that's where the magic happens. But I'll tell you really, what, Steve, yeah, we'll we'll bring you a pizza from New Jersey because nothing beats it with pepperoni. As okay. long as you bring up some fried chicken. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, the, uh, the other thing we could do is we could take your Jersey Roni and we can take, there's a, there's a, a, a pizza establishment in, in North Texas run by a, a bunch of stoners called Mellow Mushroom. And they have a barbecue chicken pizza. That's to me is very Texas. It's like chicken barbecue, the cheese, onions, uh, I think peppers, stuff like that. So we could put like, we could do that. You don't have to go anywhere near the pineapple and we could have a, you know, a cross country pizza thon. I don't know. I've never had pizza outside of New Jersey, New York. I have, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I go down. Yeah, I just want some fried chicken. I mean, bring me, bring me some fried chicken and some we mac and cheese. That. Mac and cheese. Yeah, we'll take you. We'll take you to. There's a there's a place called Babes, and it's uh, a chicken place, and it's family style. So they bring you like this mountain of fried chicken and then they just keep bringing you shit like corn and mashed potatoes and uh, biscuits and the sides just keep coming. They're there as long as you're there. So it'll, it'll, it'll make you fat. Well, I'll, I'm, all, I'm all for it. I'm down for it. It's a good way to die. I, that'll maybe be my last meal. Fried chicken, mac and cheese, <laughs> cream corn. And that sounds potatoes. wonderful though. Yeah, doesn't it? So we're coming in at the um, <clears throat> at the end of our podcast, um, and you know we always like to ask our guests, you know, this question here, um, Steve-O, What would be the best advice uh, you would give to a a new streamer, or like you know a smaller streamer? What would be the best advice you would give them? Um, I'm gonna sound like a million other streamers that you've heard before, but there is one thing that I think is the absolute most Biggest necessity that you have to do when you're starting out. Uh, two things. One, choose a schedule and stick to it. If 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 you you know if you need to take a break or take a day, that's fine. I'm not saying never take breaks, but whatever whatever your your schedule allows you to do, make that as consistent as possible. Because if if I know that someone is on you know at this time of day, and I get get used to that, it's very hard. To, it's very hard for me to keep track of someone's social media for when they're live. So if even if it's once, even if you have one day that's that's like Friday from you know nine to midnight will always be Friday nine to midnight, and then we have bonus streams scattered throughout the week whenever we can do it. That's that's okay. But find something to make your like flagship show. And then uh, the other thing for starting out, guilt trip your friends and family into watching you. Because the hardest part for us was getting to three viewers. After three, it, it sort of snowballed on its own up until about 10. And then, you know, there's sort of different benchmarks. But getting over that initial zero to three is very difficult. So, you know, be like, just text, text, text your, your brother, your sister, your parents, you know, your roommate, your college pals, someone, one of your friends from work and be like, Hey, you know, you don't have to chat, but could you pull me up? Because if having that three or four people already there, uh, I think gets uh, gives you a really good, uh, a much better chance at visibility. And also it's a psychological thing. Like I'm not streaming to zero people for three hours uh, can, can beat your soul down. So, and I've done it. So, you know, just get, just get some, get some people to go to pull you up. No, it's definitely some good advice. Um, you know, every actually every answer has been you know somewhat different um, when we ask this question. So you know, so the wording is definitely um, very different. It's all not the same, but you know, great advice there. Um, and we always appreciate. Um, you know, we take the advice ourselves as well. So you know, we appreciate that. Oh no problem. What 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 do you normally say? Like. What do you think your yours would be if to, to someone if you were at a convention and you know there's a you know a nineteen year old who's like I'm I want to start streaming for the first time what's the first thing I need to do or what's the first biggest um, thing to keep in mind? 
So for me, uh, turn off your viewers. Um, when I when Dan and I first started streaming, I used to That's leave good. my I used to leave my viewers on. And mm -hmm. as you said before, if you I only see I'm streaming for three hours and I only see four viewers, I'm like pretty discouraged yeah. about it. And you know, I'm talking, I'm doing everything I can to interact. Um, but I actually you know, still do that. I I want to be able to keep the energy so i just assume that people are there because if i see zero or one you know mm -hmm. I, I don't want that to bring down my energy i still want to be hyped and you have on average this is a stat that i'm pulling from memory so again this is a just take this with a grain of salt if someone comes by your stream you have 15 seconds before they decide if they're staying or not yeah. so you don't want to be sitting there reading or sitting there being quiet you you want to keep even if you're talking about your day, even if you're talking about, I got up this morning, brush my teeth, just be yourself and conversate constantly. Yeah. Um, that, that would be like one of my uh, top advices. Dan, what would be one of yours? This is actually uh -huh. the first time we actually got asked that, but that's, yeah, yeah. that would be yeah, my... Well, yes, it's the first time. <laughs> uh, well, I, I keep my viewers on. I always keep my view. I was, I was looking at my view numbers. I mean, numbers, the numbers don't bother me that much, uh, but the one thing I do is I always, I always talk, even if it's to nobody. Uh, you know, if you if you've ever been to my streams, you'll always, you'll always see me talking, and uh, like, to myself, to the game, what I'm doing in the game, what am I gonna do in the game? You know, I always try to keep that alive. There is a there is a YouTube video that changed my my life. It's and I can't remember. It's, there's a gal. There's there's a gal that does the video. I can't remember her name. But if you if you go to YouTube and you type in how to stream to zero viewers. I believe it'll come up and it, it talks about how to keep that conversation flowing. If you have a hard time keeping the conversation going, that is, I a hundred percent agree with you, Dan, that's absolutely imperative. Whether it's zero or a thousand, keeping your personality front and center is important. Oh, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And uh, we want to thank um, Steve-O for joining us on this uh, monumental episode, podcast episode 60. Um, Steve, yeah, you're boomers out. now. <laughs> Steve, before we go, did you want to uh, shout out your socials and your Twitch channel? Sure. If you guys want to follow me, my name is Steve, but you can find me everywhere at, under the name Gutter Nerds. And so if you go to twitch.tv slash Gutter Nerds, youtube.com slash Gutter Nerds, look up Gutter Nerds on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're there. I'm active on all the platforms. We're always posting stuff. And I would love to see you guys in chat on the show. Alrighty, and um, you guys can listen to this uh, episode. Again, if you go to innermomsbasement.com, um, there'll be a link for our podcast, and you can listen to it on all the podcast platform. Um, so if iTunes, Spotify, Google, all that fun stuff. Again, Steve-O, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us. We really appreciate it. It was a great chat. Loved it. it I loved it, too. Thanks for having me, guys. It means the world to me. And oh, absolutely. real quick. To add to the where you can find us, I just got word we're officially on Amazon Music now. So you can find ooh, us on ooh. there. Fancy. There doubling down on the Jeff Bezos pocket. <laughs> 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 got to do it. But again, guys, everybody take care. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, and everyone take care and have a, have a great evening. Night. You've just listened to the In Our Mom's Basement, a video game podcast with your hosts, Dan Geofway and Rage Quit Pat. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. See you in the next episode.